0: Curtis Lewa Curtis Lewa Rip and Reed. Check this out. This is the Rip and Reed, featuring Curtis Lewa oh, about now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa This is the Rip and Reed. I'm not a juvenile delinquent. What a great song. Oh, and it was so true of a city council hearing in which the predominant number of Democrat liberals and progressives were listening to juvenile delinquents who were coming before them, who had been in all kinds of problems in the city, vast city public school system. By the way. Uh, that has lost 200,000 students. And finally, the chancellor of the Department of Education, uh, the acronym stands for DOE, dumbest organization ever, has said, We got to cut our budget. And in our city council, they say, Well, you can't cut the budget. We, we've just lost 200,000 students. And some of our students who are registered in our local public schools, they're not even showing up. Uh, they've decided to be. Uh, truants, and there are no truant officers, so they're just not coming to school. But what does it matter? This city council just wants to throw money at the UFT Union of Failed Teachers and the Department of of Education dumbest organization ever. And instead of spending money where it's desperately needed in putting in more security safety officers, they had a parade of juvenile delinquents yesterday before city council who was saying, look, You know, instead of uh, the safety officers grabbing us, taking us to the dean's office, maybe causing us to be suspended, although they never expel us. They should, but they don't. Uh, Maybe we get a superintendent's transfer, which the superintendent of our school district uh, suddenly decides to transfer me from one high school to another high school, and they never tell the principal or the dean why they're transferring me. Because obviously I'm a juvenile delinquent, but guess what? This is like uh, you're protected by HIPAA laws, you're protected by the DOE, dumbest organization ever. This is really ridiculous, ladies and gentlemen. 200,000 less students and more chaos in and outside of the schools as a result of the breakdown of public safety. So what? Uh, the liberal progressive, D.S.A., Democratic Socialists of America, whose idol is, of course, A.O.C., Ola Crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. They believe in defunding the police, eliminating the police, and eliminating jails. They were listening to students who were saying, I don't understand why I was taken to the dean's office. You know, there ought to be a form of restorative justice. Now, let me explain this to all of you because... If it becomes the norm in every public school in our system here and in the surrounding tri-state area, it may well become the war cry of the Democratic Socialists of America and AOC to have restorative justice in the prisons. Let me give you a sample. Kid gets up, uh, takes a baseball bat and swings it at Macedonia Phil, who happens to be a teacher, let's say teaching English. Macedonian Phil obviously reports it to the dean. The dean brings the student down to uh, the principal. You would think, okay, we're going to call 911, the police, the safety uh, patrol officers are there who work under the Aegeus of the New York Police Department. No. In a lot of the public schools, Macedonian Phil, the teacher, you would think protected by the shop steward or the UFT, Union of Failed Teachers. No. They want that uh, that truant that enemy of teachers and students, that violent uh, predator. They want to put him back in the same room with Macedonian Phil and do what they call restorative justice, where Macedonian Phil explains to this truant, oh, you know, you really hurt me. I've been concussed. Uh, I have um, not able to sleep at night. Do you realize the damage that you did to me? And, of course, this kid knows how to play the teacher like a violin. He says, I'll never do it again. I promise. Now I understand. Uh, the complexities of, uh, of what I have done to Macedonian Phil. Restorative justice. The student is released. He doesn't go to jail. And guess whose classroom he comes back into, and he smiles at Macedonian Phil every day as Macedonian Phil, the English teacher, is shaking like a leaf up at the blackboard, afraid to turn his back, assuming that this kid is going to pull that baseball bat out again and this time finish him off. That is the battle cry. Restorative justice. In public schools here and across America. And this comes on the heel of the New York City school safety staff plummets 25% even as the violence shootings continue. Outside of the schools and violence inside of the schools. So there are now 3,900 active NYPD school safety agents before the lockdown and pandemic. a March of 2020, there was 5,000. Uh, they need to hire more school agents. And then you look at the stats in terms of education itself. When the UFT, through uh, Chancellor Mulgrew, insisted that the schools be in lockdown, that they don't let the kids nor the teachers actually go face-to-face in a classroom, and they had these Zoom training sessions and teaching sessions, which were nonsense. We now have the stats. New York fourth graders lost twice as much ground in math and reading as their peers nationwide during the pandemic, and squandered the equivalent of nearly a year of schooling during the virtual learning. That exceeded the educational losses seen in 45 other states in math and 38 states in reading. And it occurred among students of all races and income levels. And I said to myself, no, not the Asians, right? The Asians are sort of... uh, like the Jewish kids were in the 60s, you know, the brainiacs after school. They go to the libraries. They get extra credit reports. They're constantly studying. Their parents are all over them. You bring home a 90, it's not good enough. It better be a 95. There was a pressure to academically excel, which benefited all the Jewish kids, when well, my cousins, my Supreme cuisine cousins, Lenny Beans Bianchino, Joey the Cheats from Howard Beach, uh, they were like in what would have normally been called special ed classes now. Although there was nothing uh, that they needed to be special ed. They were just Jadrules or the 600 schools. Many of you probably remember the 600 schools which you would be exiled to. But check out this. The slide was steepest. Amongst Asian and Pacific Islander students who saw their math proficiency drop by 14 points. Asian kids. I mean, if you were going to cheat now, right? If all of a sudden uh, Justin Ellick was a student now, you want to find an Asian kid in math that you can look over his shoulder or her shoulder and steal the answers from. Their math proficiency during the lockdown and pandemic in the public school system plummeted by 14%. And here it is: Kathy Crimewave Holcomb wants to lift the cap on the charter schools, that so so many more Black and Hispanic kids can benefit from. And uh, State Senator John Liu, like the uh, like the cat, you know, who uh, plays with a mouse, was toying with Merrick, uh, Mayor Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, when he went up to Albany earlier in this month. And all of a sudden, Eric Adams blinked and said, oh, no, don't raise the cap. We, we can't afford a billion dollars to support more charter schools. And the charter school supporters said, what? We gave you millions of dollars in a pack to run against that Curtis Lee. Were well, you traditor. It was the Ides of March on all the charter school supporters. And Eric Adams, of course, is typical of him. Flip-flop, he calls it, pivoting shift. He stuck to Shiv. And the parents of those waiting to get their kids into charter schools through the lottery, some of them have been waiting years and years and years. And then Cardinal Dolan, who's too interested in getting money for the illegal aliens, to house them, to feed them, to put them in three-star hotels. By the way, average rate of a three-star hotel in New York City was $150. It's now up to $350, and it isn't because of demand. It's because Eric Adams has now leased and rented out 101 hotels, no motels, Holiday and Expresses to house the illegals that keep pouring in. And let me tell you something. I'm telling you something coming down the pipe. With Eric Adams acknowledging yesterday that he's not going to get a nickel-diamond penny from his very dear friend Joe Biden or from the schmuck-to-putz Chuck E. Cheese Schumer who wants the illegal aliens coming in to procreate because... All of you out there, unfortunately, are using, uh, you are not using, (laughs) you are using condoms and you're using marital uh, uh, aids to prevent pregnancies from Planned Parenthood. You should be fornicating, copulating, and procreating, and because of that, we need the illegal aliens. Have you seen the scenes? Of the thousands of prisoners in the new Supermax in El Salvador that is set to hold 40,000 gangbangers, the two predominant gangs, just like they are in Central Islip, Brentwood, the Danch, out there in Hampton Bay and Hempstead, is MS-13 and 18th Street. 18th Street started in Mexico, MS-13 in El Salvador, and they are mortal enemies. They battle to the death. Well, so far, there are 4,000 prisoners in this supermax that this president has set up. It can hold 40,000. And think of it, Macedonia, Phil, and Lou, and everybody out there. You know the president of El Salvador is just arresting gangbangers just if they have tattoos. And there aren't enough laser parlors uh, parlors or enough Brillo to take off the tattoos that are on your head, that are on your fingers, that are on your body, that promote MS-13 or 18th Street. As soon as they see a tattoo, the military and the police sweep you up and they throw you in that prison. So if you happen to be members of MS-13 and 18th Street and know that any minute... You're going to be swept up and sent to prison, and they're saying you will be held there for the rest of your natural life as this crackdown begins? You think you're going to stay in El Salvador? Or you think you're going to work your way through Mexico to the border of the United States, and you're going to cross over into Texas or California, and next stop is either going to be New York City, Long Island, Brentwood, Central Islip, Hampton Bay, Hempstead, or in any of the five boroughs or on the West Coast in Los Angeles and up in Oakland and San Francisco and Sacramento. Those El Salvadorian gangbangers are coming, and they're going to be coming by the hundreds and the thousands. And guess what? In the Biden administration, he's going to be their papachulo. He's going to be saying, who's your daddy? And they're just going to be flooding into our city. Nice job, Eric Adams, for welcoming all these illegal aliens. Now we're stuck with them. This is The Riffin' Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Song by The Who. We are in an age of scam masters and grifters, of which they have always existed since the beginning of time. But now you have the aid of Google. You can Google almost anybody, anything, any date, and come up with a lot of relative information. You don't need the Cracker news team of WABC without the Cracker Jack prize in the box of uh, of uh, Flippin' and uh, Gnome Laden. No, no. They all Google. Everybody Googles. And you would say, how can you get caught up with these grifters and scam masters when they have uh, left? Piles and piles of litter behind them that is all surfaced on Google. All you got to do is just press Google. you press in their name or their aliases because a lot of them like to use aliases. Like George Santos, we'll get to him, the drag queen, who has become a nemesis uh, to just the system of electing people into office because he is such a fraud. He is such a grifter. He is such a scam master, and it all goes back to the fact, if only they Googled, if only they Googled, so much of it would have come to the surface. So let's start with the headlines just in the last few days. Here in New York City, at the Sherry uh, Netherlander Hotel, very prestigious, the FBI bum-rushed and took out in chains and shackles this exiled Chinese billionaire who is arrested on a one billion dollar fraud charge by the FBI. A scam master like you can't believe who claims that he's raising money here to overthrow Emperor Xi in Red China. And he has raised millions and millions and millions of dollars. With fake, phony, fraudulent, fugazi nonprofits called the Rule of Law Foundation and the Rule of Law Society. When you Google him, you will see that he has had five separate aliases all throughout his tainted history, both in Red China and here. He was able to use this money to buy. My God, look at this! <laughs> Hey, 50,000-square-foot mansion in New Jersey, a Lamborghini supercar, luxury yacht worth approximately $37 million. Where in last May, Steve Bannon was sitting there, right there on the port side. When the FBI came out there with the Coast Guard and they arrested him, scam master extraordinaire Steve Bannon. Oh, my God, is that guy ever taking a shower? I mean, you look at him. He's... Looks like a homeless guy. He's grungy. He's ratty looking. And quite frankly, he is nefarious because he had set up that we build the wall fundraising campaign for a wall between the U.S. and Mexico. Supposedly what the uh, Trump uh, presidency could not finish. And he and others ripped off all the money out of that. So they, they took him right off of that super yacht of these China, of this Chinese scamster. And Steve Mann in his protest too much, but he's a grifter, he's a scam master in desperate need of a shower. Oh my god. Such a grisly looking guy. But now this business magnet, or at least they call him a business magnet, I don't understand why. This exiled Chinese billionaire has been a con man, a scamster, and a grifter for like decades. Decades. And so as soon as they took him out of the Sherry Netherlander Hotel penthouse, they took out everything in there. A mysterious fire broke out in that penthouse apartment just hours later. Gee, I wonder how and I wonder why. And as this guy was being taken into chains and shackles into the Southern District, downtown Manhattan, to be arraigned, he was bowing to a number of his sycophants, toadies and lackeys in the audience, who were probably all part of his uh, fraud and grifting uh, operation. And watch, uh, his defense will be, I was trying to take down the Red Chinese, uh, Emperor Xi. Probably is just an agent of the Red Chinese, it'll turn out, when all is said and done. But his very dear friend, Steve Bannon, deserves to be in jail, triple life without parole, And so does this exiled Chinese billionaire. Maybe they will be cellmates in some federal detention facility. How about Allenwood, right? Put them in Pennsylvania. They could cook food for one another, like uh, in the scenes out of Goodfellow. You remember uh, Paul Ivarrio preparing uh, the food on the hot plate in addition to slicing the onions. Throw these bums away. And then all of a sudden... The most grifting of all grifting scenarios. That is an embarrassment in Newark, New Jersey. The largest city in New Jersey, but where the mayor himself, Raz Baraka, is a grifter and has been that way ever since he was birthed as the evil seed of Leroy Jones. If you remember him, the so-called poet, the communist, he hated white people, he hated Jews, he went to war against my very dear friend uh, Tony Imperiali of the North Ward back in the 60s and 70s, and now his son perpetuates the frauds as he supposedly had a, um, a welcome to Newark day in honor of a Hindu nation that does not exist. All you would have had again to do is Google, Google, Google. why would you want to ruin a good thing because this swami who has ripped off millions of dollars in his country of origin uh, in India where he is known as a scam artist who claims to have supernatural powers and has been on the run from rape and child abduction charges and theft since 2019 so he shows up all over the United States he claims that he has followers 20 million people in 196 countries, all of it lies. All you do is you hit the Google chart and you see all about this fake nation, Calisia, that he represents. And this is going to haunt uh, Raj Baraka until the day he dies. January 12th, they signed this so-called cooperation agreement between this fake Hindu nation and Newark. And I want to know how much money the Swami gave to Raj Baraka and all the corrupt officials in Newark, not to Google. Because all you would have had to do in this instance is Google, Google, Google. But let's go from a Chinese fraudster, from a uh, Indian fraudster, to our local homegrown fraudster who is beyond anything that these guys have ever done. Sam Bankman fried right? Remember Sam Bankman fried He's under house arrest in Palo Alto in the Silicon Valley. He's in the house of his mother and father who are law professors at Stanford. We were told, oh, the brightest, the best in Stanford. We've seen how they don't believe in the uh, First Amendment right of free speech on the campus of uh, Stanford. But anyway, I digress. And these so-called law professors uh, who teach ethics in Stanford – have taken the responsibility for their crooked son, Sam Bankman-Fried, who has stolen thirty-eight billion dollars as a grifter. Thirty-eight billion dollars for FTX. Remember, FTX so high and mighty that they had the signage on the Miami Heat arena, and they also had a little a uh, little signage on. The empires in Major League Baseball's World Series, which before that had never happened. How much schedule did they give Major League Baseball, huh, for the signage to be put on umpires? Anyway, remember when he was the golden boy? He was the golden calf. He was the golden child. He could do no wrong amongst the Fortune 500 companies, those pigs, those hazari on Wall Street, the hedge fund monsters. And, of course, everybody involved in cryptocurrency, shakedowns and Ponzi schemes, blockchain criminals, and Bitcoin bandits. Remember? How did you do this so quickly? I mean, your company is two years old, and you're doing something like $400 billion worth of volume per month, which is 25 times what you did a year ago. How did you get the uptake uh, at scale so fast? You know, it it was really just a lot of, small things put together a lot of decisions that we've made around how to build the product, trying to be as responsive as we can to customers, to regulators, to counterparties. And, you know, uh, you know, honestly, from our perspective, it's, it sometimes feels like the world is just going sort of in slow motion around us and that we're going at, you know, about an average speed by our standards. And remember every day was spring break uh, for the 10 MIT graduates, his friends, They'd be popping Adderall all day, ripping off money in the tune of billions of dollars and being polyamorous at night, having sex with everyone, including monkeys. It didn't matter. These are freaks. And then the biggest freak of all was his mentor, his supporter, his supplier, this red Chinese guy who can't even come into the United States, who himself has five aliases, who supposedly is in charge of bitcoin all across the world on a very personal basis how you think about sam and, and the reason i ask is i think at some point obviously you were friends you were his original investor in all of this can you fathom that yeah. he lied to you like this if that's the case yeah so i'm very shocked that i, I obviously did not know him until about a week or so ago um, so i'm i'm just shocked um, i'm i'm shocked that you know he lied to everybody you didn't know him till a week ago I didn't know what kind of person. I didn't know that he lied to everybody until a week, a week ago. All you had to do is Google. All you had to do is Google and see how this Chinese fraudster had enabled Sam Bankman. Fried, it was all there for everybody to see. There's no nobody actually just there's background checks on these guys any longer as they rip off billions and billions of dollars. And let's go back to George Santos, the biggest grifter, the biggest ripoff artist of all. Uh I mean, there's recently been an article that has come out about the guy that a lot of people said the basis uh, of um, George Santos was. Remember Catch Me If You Can, the movie by um, – actually, it was – I'm trying to remember, it was Leonardo DiCaprio, it was a Steven Spielberg movie in 2002. Remember this reformed con artist and author who advises now businesses, banks, department stores, and the FBI on fraud prevention and cybercrime? And he makes millions doing lectures all over the country. And he says, look, my only crime was I committed uh, writing bad checks, which he did. But it turns out now that everything else that he claims to have lied about and grifted about is not true. That was a lie. So he goes around the country continuing to perpetuate lie after lie after lie as a grifter. This guy who everybody knows now because of the movie Catch Me If You Can and Steven Spielberg's depiction of him in 2002 and Leonardo DiCaprio, who was magnificent in that role, there's no doubt about it. It turns out that everything we thought that was fraudulent about him was actually fraudulent to begin with because so much of it was lies from a perpetual liar. So why the hell do we believe any of these people to begin with if only you just Google everybody you're dealing with, you're investing with, you're trying to find out about people you want to give money to who are running for political office they made it so easy. Let your fingers do the walking on your terminals for your for your laptop computer or your work computer. And please just Google them. Spectacular now here's the Sid wrap up. Oi. Say it ain't so Sid what I listened to this morning with you and Bo Didal. Don't do it, Sid. Don't do it. It's a one-way trip to Palookaville in advance of St. Patrick's Day where you should be chasing the leprechauns, kissing the Barney Stone, and swinging a shillelagh. Oh, my God. Say it ain't so. I don't know if Lou picked up on it, a Phil Phil, or Justin Alec from the morning show, but this can mean nothing but double trouble. Dinner days. tonight. You can't tell them where you're going. I'm not saying a word. I'm going to blindfold you at my office. I'm taking you to a special dinner. Oh, my God. And then I'm going to take the blindfold. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Joe nanziata has got the hottest cherry peppers that he makes. Oh. It's, and you're going to have some delicious food. And all my... Friends. They all cook? They all cook your yeah, friends? But, well, right now, right now, you got to understand something. I have another extended family. You're going to meet my other extended family oh. tonight. And they all love you, Sid. I and hope you're so. welcome up there. Thank you. And we're going to have a great dinner. Oh, yeah. And notice how Sid asked, do they all cook? Of course, when they've been away at Allenwood and other correctional facilities, federal correctional facilities around the country, right? Just like Paulie Barrio uh in goodfellas was cooking in the prison right whether it's on a hot plate or they come up they rig it up and they pay off the COs, the screws and they they sneak in the parmesan cheese and they, they end up stirring the marinara sauce and making the macaroni right yeah, yeah, yeah. of course they all know how to cook and who is that he said Giuseppe nunziana Oh, can okay. you play the beginning of that, please? I mean, let me hear that name again, please. Tonight. You can't tell them where you're going. I'm not saying a word. I'm going to blindfold you at my office. I'm taking you to a special dinner. Oh, my God. And then I'm going to take the blindfold. And, uh, you know, uh, uh Joe Nunziata's got the hottest. Oh, oh, that's it. Joe Nunziata. Come on. You know what? That's code language for. Benny the Chin Gigante, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Benny Eggs Mangano. Oh, oh, God. What the hell is Bodito doing to Sid? And this is in advance of St. Patrick's Day. And supposedly tomorrow there's dispensation for Lent. According to Cardinal Dolan, you could eat corned beef on Friday. Who the hell gives him the permission or the power to do any of that? You know what the Italians used to do, because it was mostly Italians in the old Department of Transportation. They had a different name. And right before St. Patrick's Day, uh, they were uh, charged with the responsibility of painting uh, the green line down Fifth Avenue for the parade goers who would pass St. Patrick's Cathedral. And the Italians would paint the line orange as a direct Ufa to the Roman Catholic Irish, because the Orange Men were the Protestant Irish, and they continue to battle today in Northern Ireland, Belfast, Derry, uh, the the March of the Orange Men. And then when John Gattie Sr., my enemy of all enemies, was on trial in the Eastern District for the last time, and John Gleason, the U.S. prosecutor, now a federal judge, was uh, cross-examining all of the guys who were ratting him out, including Sammy the Bull Gravano, who ate the Parmesan cheese, uh, Gotti Sr. comes to uh, court on St. Patrick's Day, and he has an orange tie on while Gleason has the green tie. That says everything. Don't do it. I'm telling you, Sid Rosenberg, don't go where Bo Deedle is taking you. And then, of course, this morning I'm listening to Mad Dog Russo on with Sid Rosenberg, and he couldn't have been more disrespectful of number six, Roy White. I'm not saying put Roy White in the Hall of Fame. Obviously not. But in terms of people who spend their whole career with the Yanks, he didn't play in Cincinnati. He didn't play in Oakland. He spent all 14 years in the Bronx, part of some great teams, an integral part early on at least. I think the hometown team needs to honor him somehow. That was my point. Not the Baseball Hall of Fame. He had 271. I know the Baseball Hall of Fame. Why don't we put Tommy Henrik out there? He was a great Yankee. Won championships. Why don't we put him out there too? How about David Cohn? Why don't we give him a – Oh, because I mean, David, David Cohn pitched in, in, with the Mets, with the Blue Jays. White was he, he, he Yankees? were He helped the Yankees win some championships. Yeah. Why don't we put him out there? Hold on a second. I don't want to hear any more of this nonsense. Mad Dog Russo. Go find a bone and bury it. You don't say that about Roy White. I mean, what other Chavez scored ever had a Kanish named in his honor? Right. There was the Roy White Kanish that they used to sell. The vendors would sell along with the beer guy and the dirty water hot dog guy. Hey, Mad Dog Russo, that says it all.